Welcome. I'm Holly Jarman and I'm a Professor of Health Management and Policy at the University of Michigan School of Public Health. And today I'm going to be talking a bit about qualitative methods for health policy research. I wanted to take the things that I would normally say in a lecture format in class and put them in a podcast so that, I don't know, you can do the dishes or the laundry or whatever you do whilst you're listening to podcasts instead of having to stare at a screen all semester. So without further ado, we're going to talk today a little bit about HMP 622, Qualitative Methods for Health Policy Research. And so this is going to be a bit of a syllabus discussion about the content of the class and we'll keep it nice and brief. So normally I would teach this class in a three hour block. It's not going to be a three hour block on Zoom. Uh, We all have better things to do with our time than stare at Zoom all day. Um, I'm hoping that we can have a really productive class using these podcasts in addition to uh, the the handbook that I have written for this class uh, and hopefully we'll be able to save class time for lots of one-on-one discussion with you about your qualitative projects, uh, how you're going to carry out this research uh, and and basically answering the questions that you have about how to do this kind of research. So I started this course because I felt like a lot of students get training in many aspects of quantitative analysis but a qualitative analysis too requires a set of learned skills it's something that you can do with a very low level of um, training but I would like to see people doing interviews and focus groups qualitative analysis of archive documents, uh, things like that with a bit of experience uh, in how to design the research, conduct the research, uh, do it ethically, do it thoughtfully and to really make the most out of that time to generate good knowledge and findings. So qualitative methods is a very wide field. I try and squeeze the relevant parts into this course, uh, but I do encourage you to explore on your own throughout the course the various many, many different flavours of qualitative research that exist out there. And um, obviously, I'll be here for those one-on-one discussions to try to help you specialise a little bit uh, and tailor the course to your needs. So um, we're going to skip over the competencies which you can read for yourself in the syllabus. My learning objectives for this class is trying to understand how we generate knowledge from qualitative sources. uh, And those sources include archive documents, policy documents, anything written down. Um, Also, images we'll touch on and objects, how to to think about those as qualitative data sources. Uh, Anything that you have collected for yourself via interviews or qualitative responses in surveys or um, focus groups and how how do we try and understand what's been said in those settings in a systematic way. What we don't cover in this course is uh, the quantitative aspects of survey research. There are many great courses in survey research across the school and I encourage you to pursue those. Um, We're going to evaluate qualitative research done by others in the discipline of health research uh, as very broadly construed. I'm a social scientist so I 
can um, get excited about different things that are done in political science, anthropology, sociology, sometimes economics. I can even be excited by. Um, but the, the qualitative work that gets done in health research does happen a lot in also in medical schools. Uh, a lot of nurses will do qualitative work. And so I have a broad range of students in the class every year. Um, and it's kind of cool to see the work that gets done in those different corners of, of health research. We're going to identify appropriate research methods and the core of the course is about designing and conducting your own qualitative or mixed methods research projects. And so we're going to start you off and help you make that journey. This is a great class for people who um, want to be doing their own research in a professional setting, whether that's in a think tank, in an advocacy setting, whether it's in a community health setting, whether it's in a medical school or an academic setting. Uh, this is great for PhD students too or those that are preparing potentially to do a PhD along the road um, but also for those who will go on to have a professional career in health research policy research and advocacy um, hopefully you'll be able to benefit a lot from this class and we're going to dive into some of the ethical questions raised by qualitative research and how we can try to address those through research design by thinking carefully about who we are as researchers, what's our positionality regarding the people that we're relating to uh, through this research, whether we are interviewing them, um, having them as focus group participants, whether we're having them as research partners at um, the community level. So who are the people that we're trying to connect with through this research how do we treat them ethically? How do we look after our own needs as researchers in that context? And so we're going to talk a bit about how to do that, as well as the um, more administrative side of the ethical questions raised by research, administrative review, IRB. I know you all want to talk about that. Um, and holistically, how can we bring this all together into a research design that works, that is sound and valid, um, that will produce good knowledge, but that will also respect us and our research partners? So um, the course assessments for this class are pretty simple. And I'll say up front, this is not the kind of class where you need to stress about your grade. This class is about working with you one on one. Um, to help you develop your sense of how you uh, can become a qualitative or mixed methods researcher. And the grades are not important in that regard. I'm asking you to do certain things. And so you'll see in the syllabus that there's class participation, which is a, a presentation by you of something that you enjoy that has some qualitative methods in there, uh, whether that be an academic article, something from a book or maybe a policy evaluation or report uh, that has a qualitative component. Um, the idea of that is not to grade you so much as to, to help you develop your sense of research in the field that involves qualitative methods. The same for the written assessment. The written assessment for this class is uh, a final report, which is um, a compilation of things. It has a research plan in there. It has a little bit of document analysis. It has a little bit of reflection on the pilot interviews that I have you do during the semester, uh, and then a little bit of data analysis. So the 
point is to do in a micro way a little bit of what you need to do to be a successful qualitative researcher to get some feedback from me on what you did. Uh, And so, again, the journey here is more important than the grade. Finally, uh, at the end, you're going to present some of these reflections uh, in the last class. And this is about bringing us all together around these different experiences uh, in terms of your research design and focus and to help us all come together and expand our thinking about what qualitative research means and how it can be applied. So again, these assignments have 20, 60 and 20 percent of the grade respectively in the syllabus. The grades are less important than the journey. And really, I want to place the emphasis on formative assessment, feedback from me, um, feedback from your peers, the idea that you should be over the course of a semester really learning something about how to do this work. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about the outline of the course and give you a general overview of what's included. So we'll start off with a general introduction into qualitative and mixed methods in health policy research, and we'll be asking some key questions. You'll see in the syllabus that for every week, I have some key questions that will guide our in-class discussion. Uh, There'll be some things that you need to do in terms of uh, things to read, things to take a look at in the handbook that I will circulate to all of you, um, and also then some things to to consider, like on the in the first week, I'll have you take a look at uh, the Health Experiences Research Group in Oxford and how they conduct interviews and the Stories from Sullivan website, which is um, run by my colleague Patty Strzok at the University of Albany. And so she's been looking at, uh, she has a community-based project where she's working on opioids. And it's a really... Um, very cool and interesting application of qualitative research with lots of policy relevance. So we look at examples like that every week. Um, In class, I'll have some uh, activities for you to do. uh, And then I'll also list before the next class, this is what you need to do. The idea is that these tasks are incremental every week. And so I have some worksheets in the handbook that I'll have you fill in. A lot of this is self-reflection. It's up to you to get this done. I think the more time you're able to devote to that self-reflection and building up your research project, the more you're going to get out of this class. I am never going to be lambasting you for not filling in a worksheet. That's not how this class works. It's a flexible experience. So after we've taken a look at what is qualitative research, what is mixed methods research, what are their main characteristics, uh, and then how do they get used in health policy in that introductory session? We will uh, take a step back and look at the highest level of what we're doing in qualitative research. How does it fit with our understanding of knowledge and what knowledge is? And the reason for that is trying to understand what evidence means. Uh, We talk a lot about evidence-based policy and scientific evidence and social scientific evidence uh, in the course of our program. But I think it's really helpful to have an understanding of the epistemological approach that um, qualitative work fits into and kind of where you stand on that. An understanding of your own um, sense of how you view research, what evidence means to you, and then how you're going to fit qualitative research into that. Um, And we'll talk a little bit about how that relates to then 
um, what good quality is in qualitative research. What is credible research? What is credible knowledge derived from qualitative work? After we take that kind of big picture um, overview, which sort of is going to challenge you a bit in terms of your philosophy of research, we're going to take start taking a look at how to design qualitative research. So we're going to take this step by step, starting with some um, important beginnings in terms of formulating a puzzle, formulating some research questions, thinking about the big components of your qualitative research. And I start talking about your qualitative methods toolbox, the idea that sometimes you will think that um, archive research is the most appropriate thing to do. Other times you'll be analysing policy documents. Maybe sometimes you'll be looking at qualitative responses to a survey, but other times you'll think that interviews or uh, focus groups are equally important. So we're going to do some reflection on these big components of qualitative work, uh, as well as how you relate to those within and who might be your research partners or research participants. And so we'll, we'll do quite a bit of talking about that and I'll have you do some worksheets and um, start to build up a picture of what your question might be, how you might answer that question through qualitative work. Then we're going to take a deeper dive into each of these things in the qualitative methods toolbox. So we have a session on analysing literature and primary documents. So in health research, literature reviews are very important, including with health policy, we have to deal a lot of the time with um, what gets called grey literature. So uh, sources of information that might be from think tanks, that might be from a community group, that might be uh, less formal than a peer-reviewed article, but still might be really important for understanding the phenomenon that you're you're interested in studying. Then we're going to take a look at um, observations. And um, observations are really important in terms of... Um, a lot of evaluation, but also qualitative research more generally. If I'm doing a case study, I am really going to observe carefully um, the context in which my research is occurring, the um, relationships between different participants or different groups or different organizations in my study. I'm going to pay attention to environment. And so observation is something that you're constantly doing, whether you're doing an interview, whether you're walking down the street uh, in, at, a, at a location at which you're doing research, whether you are uh, looking at maps or observing individual or group behavior. Um, and so understanding those observation skills is really important to, to good qualitative research, even in cases where you aren't doing 150 defined observations of, I, I don't know, say physician-patient interaction. We're going to also take a look at interviews. And the interviews we're going to look at are both individual interviews, so one-on-one -on -one, um, question and answer, which can be structured in lots and lots of different ways that can serve your research purpose. And then group interviews or focus groups where you are trying to really understand relationships between different people in that group, maybe different points of view, uh, maybe the dynamics between different parts of an organization. Um, and so we're going to take a look at both individual and group interviews, how to do those well, um, and thinking deeply about the purpose of those and the ethics of doing it properly. Um, 
we're also going to take a look at uh, case studies. So what is a case in your research context? Uh, all kinds of different things can be cases. I study things quite often where um, a subnational government like Michigan or a country like Belgium is my case. But a case could be a patient case. It could be um, a patient-physician interaction. It could be a moment in time. Uh, there are lots of different ways to decide what a case is and what you are comparing in your study. And so we're going to take a look at that in a bit of depth and help you to do that properly because there are some tools that you can use that will really help you in getting the most out of those case comparisons. Next, we're going to have a whole section of the class where we're looking at how to analyze data. So at that point, we have conducted some interviews. We've done some focus groups. We've had to think about the data collection part and we've started to do that work. But it's also important to think about the practical skills here. So how does this work professionally? How do we... Um, become professional interviewers that are comfortable in this environment? How do we manage the very rich data that we're going to collect? How do we make difficult, intricate decisions about our research? Like, uh, how do we do we tape our interviews? How do we transcribe them? How do we translate uh, interviews when we're working outside of a context where we speak the language? Uh, and so we're going to delve into the the management project management administrative side but these are all research decisions uh, and so we're going to help you build that out within your research plan then we're going to think a bit about um, the ways in which we analyze our data so I like to refer to analytic approaches, um, an approach that informs how you not only collect the data, but then how you're going to analyze that. How are you going to wring some meaning out of all this information that you've collected? And so there are different ways to do that. Uh, some common ones include things like grounded theory. So we will go through what a grounded theory study looks like uh, in terms of design, but also in terms of um application. Then there are things like narrative analysis, process tracing, discourse analysis, content analysis. So um, we have so, so many analytic approaches in qualitative methods. It's a bit easy to get terrified by this, frankly, and be worried about which analytic approach should I choose. So we're going to lay that out for you, some commonly used approaches, uh, and then also I'll work with you to apply these approaches in, approaches in your research project. Okay, so once we have an analytic approach, we most likely have to do something to code our data, to organize our data, to look at it and, and analyze it in a systematic way. So we're going to take a, a moment to focus on coding, think about what a significant finding or meaningful finding means in qualitative research, uh, and the many, many, many different ways you can choose to classify your data, break it down, chunk it up. Um, this is quite a nice creative part of your uh, qualitative analysis. And there are lots of good resources for learning how to do this well. Um, so we're just going to 
introduce you to some of those resources, take a look at some of the most common ways that people code their data and wring meaning from it, um, and give you some creative options about how to go about that in your research project to produce good, meaningful knowledge. We're then going to take a pause and make sure that we don't forget mixed methods here. So in mixed methods projects, although we don't cover the quantitative aspects of mixed methods in this class, we are very concerned about how the qualitative components are integrated with the quantitative. So in a mixed methods project, for quality purposes, what you want to see is well integrated data on the quantitative side and the qualitative side. And so that starts with design and then it goes through uh, to your research practice and your data analysis. So we're going to take you through that uh, with the help of the very informative book from uh, our social work colleague Daphne Watkins uh, and her colleague Deborah Giola um, and take you through what that looks like at different steps of the research process. And we will integrate that into your research design. Finally, we're going to take a look at how, once we have some meaningful results from our work, how do we disseminate those? We are working for um, throughout this class on this, this borderline between qualitative research um, and that those findings from the qualitative research and, and policy environments or in fact management environments too can come under this where we're trying to think about practice and how the things that we find can be translated into practice whether that's through a policy recommendation, whether that's through um, thoughts about policy implementation, whether that's through a change in management practice or medical practice. Um, we're going to think about how to do that and how to disseminate your work so that it actually doesn't stay an academic endeavor, but it has some meaningful action attached. And so we're going to talk about that a little bit. Finally, by this point in the class, everybody will have um, completed a, a number of things on their own projects. You'll have a research plan that details the, the key steps that you need to take to turn this into action. You will have um, had a little practice at a few things, including um, you'll have had a practice interview at least one probably a couple uh, you'll have some practice at coding or analyzing that interview data and we will also practice coding some other existing sources um, I like to have you guys code um, Martin Luther King's I have a dream speech because I think the the richness of that text um, it, it just lends itself very well to many different forms of qualitative analysis and it just shows off how um, much meaning you can get from uh, one text using uh, lots of the, the different methods and approaches that we introduce in this class. Um, so you will have a plan, you'll have some experience uh, practicing research, you'll have some experience analyzing your data, um, and you'll have some hopefully good reflections at the end of all this on how you're going to take your project forward. You'll have the first steps together in terms of um, project design and construction and you're going to have lots of feedback from me through that process but then I'm going to have you also present to your peers here's my thinking and what I've learned during this class on uh, my research project and have your peers give you some feedback which I think students every year find really helpful. Okay 
So that's the core of the class. Really here, I like to work together with you guys as a small cohort. And the, the fun for me is getting to know everybody's different research situation, making suggestions about how you could best uh, develop your project, do your analysis, uh, manage things like data collection uh, and administrative ethical questions. Um, and so it's really fun to see at the end of the class what people have learned by going through through this process. Um, and hopefully this can be just the start of your journey into qualitative methods and mixed methods projects. And um, I'll be recommending to you different places to go next. So that's the introduction to HMP 622. I hope to see you in class and um, answer all your questions on the things I've just said. Bye for now. This has been an HMP Governance Lab podcast. If you're interested in learning more about us and our research, come and visit us at hmpgovernancelab.org or follow us on Twitter at HMPGovLab. Thank you.